0: Everybody on the left, everybody on the right, in the front and in the back. Let them know where you from. from Rep it everywhere I go. Everybody from the cold, from the cold. this is where we call calling home. Hey you, and welcome to bam weekly the show where we chat some sports the show where we chat some entertainment and then at the end of the episode we put it all together and chat some sports entertainment we're your hosts i'm boris and i am joined by
1: matt bonjour how's everybody doing out there we hope you're doing well boris i'm looking at a polluted air notice right now on my phone gotta love toronto gotta love toronto but we have a world series set we will crown a world champion in american baseball we got a list for you we got some fun wrestling chat you have an amazing tag team match to talk about boris it's going to be a fun show today it is going to be a fun show um and then you know that's
0: exactly it what we do here on bam each and every single week Man, what a what a week. It's 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 already been a week and it's only Monday morning at like seven AM, not even. But yeah, it's uh how are you doing?
1: I'm well. I woke up full of piss and vinegar, got a nice early shower into me. I was up at like six in the morning, just ready to go for this podcast. Got a lot of a lot of work to do this week, but uh, you know, life is good, man. It's it's good to be busy and such. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, and that's uh pretty much the
0: the theme of the fall, just keeping busy and, and and you know staying out of trouble. But we do have a lot to get to, so let's not uh, you know dwell on 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 life and and the many questions that life gives you. So let's just <laughs> jump right into it because there is tons to talk about, um, especially because we are going to be chan top Toronto matches uh, and, and a bunch of other awesome stuff. So let's just jump right into stuff. Phillies. Astros World Series Phillies beat the Padres um you know Padres didn't really put much of a fight but one team put up less of a fight that is the Yankees who got swept by the Astros um what what can you honestly say about that right like uh you know it seems to be death taxes and the Astros beating the Yankees in in the playoffs seem to be the certainties of life
1: yeah, you never want to get worse and not better. It seems like they're regressing in their uh, quest to beat the Astros. They had nothing this time. Yeah, it's tough, too, because Aaron Judge, 62 home runs, uh, probable AL MVP, is a free agent. He could be on the San Francisco Giants. He might be on your Dodgers. He could be on the Blue Jays. He might stay on the Yankees. Who knows where Aaron Judge will go? Um. Yeah, who
0: knows? Honestly, it's here's the thing. As good as he did in the in the actual season, his performance in the playoffs was okay, but he should not be earning a cent more than Bryce Harper at this point. And, you know, it's, it's the thing, right? Like agents are going to be looking at, uh, or not agents, but GMs are going to be looking at the playoff performance and say, well, you haven't won anything, so what can we honestly give you? It'll be great for us to win, you know, 100 games in a season, but if we're not going to win the the World Series, then what's the point of bringing you on board for, you know, 300 million a year or whatever he's going to be yeah. earning.
1: Exactly. And you could argue that point, but you're 100% correct in that that's what opposing GMs will argue to try to get the price down yeah. somewhat. To the agent, right? But yeah, shout out to Bryce Harper. Good call on your part there, too. Two-time NL MVP. He uh, I believe won the MVP for the NLCS, right? And they are headed to the World Series not only because of Bryce Harper, but he was no. certainly the most valuable player for the Philadelphia Phillies. Some some timely hitting from Gene Segura, Reese Hoskins as well, some great pitching on the Phillies. It's gonna be an awesome World Series. I think it will be. I think it will be go Phillies
0: just at the end of the day, right? Yes. Like, um, here's here's the thing as well, right? Like, a lot of people gave Bryce Harper tons of shit when he left Washington a few years ago in 2019, right? Like, and it was the big joke. He leaves, Washington wins the World Series. But long-term, long-term storytelling, my friend, I think that uh, Bryce Harper got the last laugh because uh, clearly at this point... Phillies are in a much better position for having a few years of success as opposed to one year and then blowing it up. And then, well, look at where
1: Washington is right now. Yes, yes, exactly right. And to tie this into wrestling, because after all, we are kind of a wrestling podcast here. Uh Not kind of. Bryce we Har- are. Is, yeah, we basically are. Uh, so Bryce Harper... I see a lot of parallels with him and young Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Boris, follow me on this. This is Bryce Harper's baby face turn. We're watching it right now. And the way to cement the baby face turn is to put him up against an even bigger heel than he is. Who's that? The Houston Astros, the biggest heel in baseball. So to Tony Khan, I say if you want to turn MJF heel, all you got to do is find a bigger heel. Only one man in AEW could be that man, Boris. You know know. who it is cm punk cm friggin punk you have to bring punk back as a heel and mjf conquer him that's how you cement mjf's babyface turn if that's what you want to do and the parallel is bryce harper beating houston in the world series i really hope that happens although if houston does win dusty baker gets his first championship so that will be nice he deserves one in his career yeah yeah it's crazy to think that he hasn't gotten one but
0: then he. Take a look at teams that he's managed, right? Uh, But, you know, you're 100% right, and I love the Boris logic that you used on that one. You know, taking us (laughs) for a ride, holding our hands, and then getting to an awesome point. Uh, typically my <laughs> points don't land as well but <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, I, love I love it, it. No, well, but, but it's mean. but it's true though it's it's 100 true on both counts right and I, I love it because this is bryce harper's re- redemption and i really love that because you know he, he took a lot of crap but you know in the and uh, at the end of the day he he believed in he, he you know he, he did he did what he wanted and it's paying off Big time, uh, because I do think that this is just the beginning of the Phillies' uh run. Like I do think that they are going to be in a position to be good for the next few years, unless they're stupid and they pull a Marlins and literally, like you know, blow it up.
1: Yeah. And I don't see that happening. They are they are dressed for success for a long time. You wouldn't sign Bryce Harper for that fat contract just to blow it up and trade him, right? I I don't think so. But yep. yeah, I mean, stranger things have happened. But yeah, they aren't. Uh, They aren't the Miami Marlins. I think they're here to stay.
0: Stranger things have happened indeed. Let's talk about stranger things. At least I think it's stranger things. Uh, At least, you know, so close to the playoffs. You know, the the Blue Jays' body is still freaking cold for Christ's sake, right? It's still warm. I'm sorry. It's still warm. And they have signed John Schneider. Their interim manager is now a manager. And they signed him to a three-year contract. What do you think?
1: I think that's good. I like Schneider. I'm glad he's staying. It's not what I expected. I'll take an L on this one. I expected them to go sign... Not necessarily Bruce Bochi, but a Bruce Bochy type, right? I expected them to sign a manager with experience. Thank God they didn't sign Joe Girardi, who the Phillies fired during this season and then went on to great success. There were some, there were some rumblings I was seeing on the internet. Maybe it was just idiotic rumors. Hopefully that was the case. Anyway, John Schneider is back. Uh, we were wrong, but I'm, I was wrong anyway. But I'm glad to be wrong on this one.
0: Yeah, I was wrong too, right? Like I totally expected, but then at the same time, this is the Blue Jays. They don't. They don't have balls and cojones to actually do big <laughs> moves, right? Like you know, it, it, other. But but other franchises, other teams would have not given him given him the manager's job after what happened in the playoffs. Like, let's be honest. I,
1: yeah. This is the Blue Jays. I think so. I think so, but I do. I do like that they're not blaming him for the which was not his decision. That's not how managers work in baseball anymore. It's not one man all willy-nilly in the wild west making these calls. There's a there's a but, team of analytics going on and stuff and like I'm glad that he's not getting the blame for what happened, although I could I could have easily seen it fall on his shoulders.
0: Yeah, well, Charlie Montoya got the blame. Like at the end of the day, someone yes. has to get the blame right um to me this is just the blue just saying oh well too bad so sad we'll try again you're you know right it's the dodger mentality which pisses me off because at some point the other shoe needs to fall and someone somebody somewhere needs to be held accountable for not doing what you're fucking paid to do
1: i mean it's true but i mean it, it's a young team it's one season it was a, a terrible collapse but that's like rock bottom. And I feel like the team's going to be coming back pretty energized, pretty hungry. They're saying the right things to management are in terms of what kind of players the Jays want to add. They, they say that they want to add a, a fourth starter, a fourth, really good starter and some bullpen help. And that's exactly what we need. So hopefully that comes to fruition, obviously way easier said than done.
0: Right. I say I want to lose weight. I want to sleep better. I want a beautiful, beautiful relationship and happy relationship. There's a lot of stuff I want to do, and I can easily go on podcasts and, and, and you know, mountaintops and scream that it's actually fucking doing it.
1: Well, maybe it'll be a big off season for you, too, Boris. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Spit take. Almost a spit take right there. That's why I went silent for a few seconds.
1: <laughs> I saw that. I saw that happen. Yeah, but uh, I, I know what you're saying, man. It's definitely, definitely, like, it's easy to say it. But now let's put that into uh, fruition here, boys. Let's actually make it happen. But maybe Nate Pearson could be either the fourth starter or a quality reliever next year. Who knows? He's he's still a player in our system. There's he uh, is. there's some chances. He uh, is. I guess so. I I truly believe that we're going to
0: only have two catchers in our system like two awesome catchers in our system next season i think that is the ultimate trade bait right there who is it going to be i think kirk honestly at the end of the day i think kirk has just cemented himself and the fans love him too much you know Morano. he's still a wild like we don't know he's still a wild card we don't know if he's going to be amazing or if he's going to be shite so i think it's going to be Morano the one who ends up uh, leaving
1: us yeah i would i would try to trade danny but you need danny's defense uh, a and B, uh, you'd get way less for Danny than you would Kirk or Marino. So, I don't know. If you trade Marino, you should be able to get a quality starter at least and then hope that Nate Pearson is one of those bullpen arms, sign a reliever, and win the World Series next year. That's the plan.
0: Right. That's going to (laughs) happen. Go, Jays. (laughs) Uh, Yep, all right. So, let's talk some F1 real quick. Um, Yesterday was the United States Grand Prix, and as expected, I just love – I love how the world views the USA, and I love when it's a sport that isn't an American sport, right? Like, you know, you get Americana, rah-rah in the NFL and MLB, sometimes even in the NHL, but when it's an international sport coming to the States, like the F1, you know, and you see how, the world sees the U S it is the funniest shit ever. And it's something that I even posted on the BAM Facebook group because we do have one. And you know, it was all just like cowboys, yeehaw, haw you know, Omaha steaks and cowboys and this and that. It was, it was some of the funniest stuff ever. Uh, but it was the United States Grand Prix in the circuit of America in Austin, Texas, uh, Max Verstappen ends up winning to no one's surprise. Uh, the, Officially locks up the season and the championship. Uh, Lewis Hamilton came in at second. Uh, Charles Leclerc came in in third. That was your podium for the American Grand Prix in Tejas.
1: Nice. Circuit of the Americas when uh, F1 meets NASCAR, sounds like yeah that's what i mean like
0: i just love it and i just love it. like take a look at the picture take a look at the pre-game you know a few years ago they had uh michael buffer literally announcing each and every driver all 20 of them uh with that's like hilarious. intros and everything like and i suspect next year when vegas is a race and it's actually going to be a nighttime weekend race right before or after thanksgiving i don't remember exactly which one but it's going to be Vegas. You know, it's going to be over the top. Elvis Presley, you know, Viva Las Vegas. Uh, I can't wait for that.
1: Oh, maybe our boy Danny Granger could get some work going down there. Danny Granger Heart. Elvis impersonator extraordinaire. Shout right? out to the Granger art
0: exactly um (laughs) it's funny that you bring him up because he posted on facebook that he has like you know a huge opportunity
1: coming up and a meeting today so good luck to you danny uh actually saw that that's why he was in that's why he was in my mind just now so i I saw that like five minutes before we started recording (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) yeah, i agree though they're gonna blow it out bruce buffer if not michael buffer because they're in vegas the the home of the ufc right yep exactly all right
0: let us chat some national football league you know, this week yeah. can I can I just say can I just say that uh the Commanders uh, I should have put some money in that game.
1: Little a little taste, a little taste on the Commanders. Yeah, I, I didn't should. watch much football, but there were a lot of uh lot of weird results, chiefly Carolina trading away uh Christian McCaffrey and screwing everybody's bats up by destroying Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
0: Man, man, oh man. Tom Brady, this is like the, I don't know why, but why do we, here in North America, at least, at the very least, I'm sure it's the same ever, but let's just say North America, um, and I say that just because we do have an international uh, audience, so here in North America, we love, love to see a fall from grace just as much as a awesome return to power, type of story but tom brady's fall from gray story it seems to be on everyone's just like watch list right now
1: well part of it is because he's he's been obnoxiously good you know and he's got he's got the hair and he's got the supermodel wife he's and got the, public the hair divorce now <laughs> <laughs> yeah the hair yes i said it <laughs> the ever-changing hairline of tom brady and and also his face that's uh, changing this year. No, I uh, I don't know. Like, we're Dolphins fans. We've uh, cheered against him in a fun way for basically our entire life since I was in high school. You know what I mean? Like, he's been the quarterback of the New England Patriots and then Tampa Bay. And I was betting hard against him on Tampa Bay. And then he just fucked around and won the Super Bowl in his first year. So, I don't know. It's 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 just very easy to root against this guy. But we're all going to miss him when he's gone, of course. We will. I think that's the
0: thing, right? The NFL is going to miss him greatly. Um, yes. But you when, know, when he's gone week 12, <laughs> sorry, please continue. Right, exactly. But, you know, and then there's the Packers. What's going on with the Packers losing? So Panthers... Dominate the Buccaneers, 21 to 3. McCaffrey gone. All of a sudden, end up winning. They're better. Was he the issue? I doubt it. I think this is I think this is a case of the Buccaneers just being worse. But let's talk about the Packers and Commanders. Pa- commanders end up picking up the win twenty-three to one.
1: Ah, uh, twenty-three to twenty-one. It was it was 20, somewhat yeah, close. Twenty-three but, to twenty-one. Yeah. Sorry, yes, you're. Yeah, yeah. It's still depressing that uh, Aaron Rodgers can't go into Washington and beat that team. The Commanders do have a good young defense, and I just think Aaron Rodgers is near in the end, man. he he lost to the Jets, another good young defense. Lost to the Commanders. Like he's got young receivers in there. Uh, he lost his boy Devonte Adams, who went to Oakland or slash Las Vegas. Uh, sorry, but anyway, yeah, the Packers are just worse. That's the they have just gotten a lot worse than they were last year. That's what happened.
0: That's exactly what happened. It's age, also, right? And I love the jokes that you're constantly seeing, and it's not just like it's regular Facebook accounts and 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 Twitter uh, chats that are happening where everyone is like just waiting for for Aaron Rodgers to have a CM Punk interview and his CM Punk moment.
1: <laughs> and you know he's like, like dying to but oh. uh, maybe he's just completely over it and he's gonna go somewhere else next year hopefully not miami probably home i think he's
0: gonna retire i honestly think this last year we're gonna see both tom brady and aaron Rodgers.
1: it could be man it honestly could be and it's easier to say that now than ever before because they are both playing so poorly for the first time
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: all right the
0: ravens finally finally Hold the lead and beat the Browns twenty-three to twenty.
1: Yeah, this Browns team, though, without uh, without their quarterback yet, the uh, much maligned Deshaun Watson, they they're not much to worry about. You should be able to beat the Browns. Unfortunately, they do have Nick Chubb to worry about. But yeah, it was a close game. It's always going to be a a tough divisional game. But the Browns are kind of a write-off until Week Twelve, and then we're going to see what they can build for next year. Yep. Uh, clearly, Kyler
0: Murray isn't getting his call of duty time in because they dominated on thursday night football against the saints 42 to 34
1: yeah it was a big game for kyler Murray. big game for uh nuke who needed to uh needed to come back and uh, play strong after suspension and he did so yeah it's good to see arizona i don't even know if you can call it rounding into form after one week but good to see at least one good performance from the arizona cardinals yep bengals beating falcons i
0: got nothing there
1: yeah, no, not not much. By the way, Nuke DeAndre Hopkins, who was suspended for six weeks, he's arguably one of the best, not arguably, one of the best receivers in football, arguably the best. Yeah, Bengals needed a bounce-back game. They're better than the Falcons. Should have won that game.
0: Yep. All Elite Jaguars end up losing against the Newark Giants.
1: Yeah, the Giants. What are they, 5-1, and 6-1? Yeah. and one? They can't be stopped.
0: Right. Can't stop, won't stop. Try to stop them at this point. It's crazy. It is absolutely <laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah, man, uh,
1: Titans yeah. defeat the Colts. The Colts uh, look like absolute wet garbage, like a hot garbage juice sandwich. <laughs> Not much more to add on that.
0: Similar to the Texans. Texans
1: losing to the Raiders 38-20. Yeah, the Texans, we expected to be bad, though. The Colts are uh, are almost as disappointing as the Denver Broncos, who, as you were talking about earlier, they uh, lost to the Jets 16-9. What a banger that must have been. Oh, I know, right?
0: A fun game was actually the Chiefs 49ers. I don't think the score actually represents how good the game was. And, you know, I, I think both you and I have the 49ers pegged for the NFC championship at the very least. But the Chiefs beating the 49ers 44 to
1: 23. Yeah, uh, like you said, a little closer than the score indicates. Still rough for my 49ers or I love this year. This is my Super Bowl. Chiefs 49ers. I, uh, I do think Buffalo will lose to Kansas City in the AFC title game. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is my current bowl.
0: Yep. Seahawks beating the Chargers 37-23. Didn't, didn't even know this game was a thing.
1: Yeah, the Seahawks look to be for real, man. Geno Smith just keeps rolling. They just stomped the Chargers. I believe they're in first in their division, which is crazy. At the start of the season, you would have expected the Rams or the 49ers or even the Cardinals to be first ahead of the Seahawks. But the Seahawks are now first in the NFC West. Yep. Dolphins. I thought they were just going to
0: stomp a mud hole in the Steelers, and that's the way that this game was looking. But this game, you know, I think we got lucky. Because the Steelers, if their defense knew how to catch a ball, this game would have been completely blown away uh, by the Steelers. But the Steelers are going to steal, and the Dolphins end up winning 16-10. to 10.
1: Yeah, Kenny Pickett, Steelers quarterback, still needs a lot of work. He, I don't think he's ready for prime time yet. Ideally, he would not be starting, but they really don't have anybody else at the moment. So, yeah, the, the Steelers are... Maybe the worst team in football, Boris, which brings me to my next point. (laughs) I, uh, so we were going to do a little roast here this week, but, uh, the guy who I was supposed to roast didn't get back to me, whatever he is. I, I, I wouldn't try to defend the Pittsburgh Steelers right now either. (laughs) Anyway, buddy, so this all stems from like a show that that we were going to do. I was going to do a couple months ago that ended up falling through because a lot of comedians bailed at the last minute, which is super disappointing. But anyway, so I had I've been sitting on this sports roast set for like, I don't know, six months or so. So I'm just going to fire it off right now because the Miami Dolphins defeated the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to throw some roast jokes at you, Boris. You uh, you either boo or yay, sell them for me, whatever you want to do. Sure. Sounds good. Awesome. Let, let, let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right. Let's let them rip. So the Pittsburgh Steelers' greatest defense in the history of football, Boris. They can stop the pass or the rush or a substantiated rape charge. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Boris, Boris, they had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in their prime, and the only thing they won was Ben Roethlisberger's freedom. Yep. Oh my God! <laughs> uh, speaking, speaking of young Ben Roethlisberger, uh, potential rapist, he once destroyed his motorcycle, uh, almost died, but uh, on the plus side, it wasn't in his top ten worst performances on the road.
0: Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs>
1: Oh, i'm gonna repurpose a joke i used at the rhino here but ben roethlisberger actually did not retire he took over a job as ceo of hockey canada
0: oh i love that one i, <laughs> I one. absolutely adore <laughs> that one and that's i'm gonna stop you for just a quick second we're gonna give everyone a huge update on the entire hockey canada situation most likely in a week or two uh but there have finally been awesome changes there um but you know it's crazy that it took this long but we will be talking about that and giving everyone an update soon
1: sorry but go yes ahead. so at this moment i will remind everybody that this is a roast and it's meant to be as mean as possible yes that's it makes a lot more sense in context at a show with a crowd that's laughing against a person who's also roasting my favorite team anyway uh, yeah, the well, Venn diagram- Miami Dolphins.
0: What else can you say, right? Like that's that's enough of a roast.
1: <laughs> uh, this one's a little bit of stretch, but I, I I'm, I'm keeping it in because I love the I love the punchline mean as it is. So here's a little peek behind the fourth wall there. So the Venn diagram between Canadian Steelers fans and Canadians who fuck their cousins is a flat circle, much like Ryan Shazier's C4 vertebrae. Oh. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So it's funny that Troy Polamalu is the spokesman for head and shoulders because those are the only parts of Ryan Shazier's body that he can still move. Oof. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I should stop. I should stop picking on Ryan Chasey he can't stand up for himself. That's an old joke. That's like a fifties roast joke. That's just like, that's (laughs) low hanging fruit. You know me and low hanging fruit. (laughs) All right. Ryan Chasey is legitimately a hero and I'm a piece of shit. I just want to throw that in there. Uh, But yeah, the, the final joke, we're wrapping it up. The Pittsburgh Steelers are responsible for more broken dreams in Pennsylvania than Jerry Sandusky. Oh,
0: that is horrible oh, just go Horrible. go terrible go fans <laughs> again much better with the crowd it's our, yes.
1: <laughs> exactly. picture uh picture uh standing ovations and uh netflix deals <laughs> exactly <laughs> speaking
0: of netflix deals before let, let, i think we're done with sports let's talk some entertainment shall we Yes. And by the way, that was awesome. Um, Th- thanks, and again, buddy, I think yeah, people need to, to understand the context the <laughs> a little better, right?
1: Anyways. Yes. Yeah. I'm down to <laughs> immediately change the subject, though. <laughs>
0: yeah. Let's chat some, uh, some uh, entertainment. And uh, this past weekend, I watched the new Fluffy, the Gabriel
1: Iglesias special on Netflix, his Dodger nice. Stadium show. Dodger Stadium. Holy shit. I got to watch that. I think he's he's become underrated because he's he's like, he's, I don't want to compare him to Dane Cook because he's so much better than Dane Cook, but he's in that Dane Cook position of like touring, arguably most famous comedian on earth. So people don't give him a chance. It kind of happened to Russell Peters a little bit in Canada. When you're the guy, people almost don't give you a chance. And he, he tries to work clean sometimes, mostly, which doesn't always work for everyone. I like Gabriel Iglesias. I think he's a fucking dope comedian he's he's brilliant like you know especially just being a latino myself like he there he
0: he knows how to connect to to me right it's kind of like george lopez like i remember sitting down uh with my uh former roommate mike and you know we would watch a george lopez comedy special and yeah he laughed here and there but i was howling and it's like dude you just don't get it like it's like you know essentially my life in a nutshell um and with Gabriel Alexis, Iglesias it's kind of the same but you know he's reached a much larger audience at this point uh, at least and I think that you know you hit the nail on the head that it he kind of has that issue and he's not your traditional comedian he's kind of like a Kevin Smith where he's amazing at telling a story yeah and it's his stories that are funny and his delivery of said stories, but he doesn't really tell jokes in the, in the, in the traditional
1: sense. He's not like Anthony Jeselnik or like Mitch Hedberg up there, like doing like one-liners to an extent, right? He's he's telling stories that are peppered with funny anecdotes. And like you said, it's delivery, it's energy, it's it's likability. But I, I think he's – we don't have a lot of like pure storytellers. We do, but he's the most famous one for sure, and I think he's great at it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just amazing how he can just take a story and make that story a 15-minute story and just – and still come back to it right like he's so good at that and it's the you know the full circles that he does which are just amazing anyways in this special he taught you know it's it's focused around you know the pandemic what he did around the pandemic he talks cancel culture which is amazing because again you know when you think you know fluffy Gabriel Glesis, you don't ever think that this guy would ever be canceled you don't think that this guy would ever do anything bad but he gets into this talks a couple you know his brushes with it and it's a really 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 well done special Um, and obviously him being in Dodger Stadium it's a very emotional show for him and I was just reading right like first off it's like a two-hour show so it's a it's a long one secondly apparently so I have cousins a family tons of family who went to this show and the show itself was about three and a half four hours long Oh wow! Like,
1: like with other comedians or just, just him, just him, He's just fluffing it up. That's he, crazy. To the like, it was so long that he was
0: fined by the union that works at Dodger Stadium, and apparently it was just an absurd amount. But obviously he was just so grateful and so happy, and he actually paid, it, and he said he'd do it again because it was like <laughs> you know a dream come true and then some.
1: That's 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 wild, though. But, hey, they paid their tickets. I'm sure, like, not a lot of people. I mean, you can leave if you wanted to, right? Like, that's that, that's a nice experience for those fans. Well, that was the,
0: exactly it, right? Like, the last half an hour, essentially, and this was, like, is captured in the special where he says, like, this is it. The necklace show's over. Y'all can leave, but I'm going to just chill and talk, right? That's awesome. That's really
1: cool. And people stayed? Like, I, I bet a lot oh. of people stayed. Oh, yeah
0: oh yeah tons of basically everyone stayed right um so yeah the gabriel iglesias special the fluffy special on netflix uh it's really good it's really good it's easy to find i forget exactly what it's called but i think it's like something something stadium or you know something along those lines uh but go ahead watch that if you are a fan of stand-up comedy
1: is it stadium fluffy that's it that's it yeah Cool, yeah. I'm gonna, uh, I'm definitely gonna check that out. If it's two hours, I might have to do it in a couple settings. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give that a watch. For sure. It's, 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 it's. Yeah, I was
0: able to get it done like overnight on Saturday, um, cause yeah, yeah, I have no life now. So, so that's pretty much was pretty <laughs> much my Saturday uh, after watching some NXT, uh, cause I had to go back and rewatch certain star parts to get notes. Right, like that's that's the thing. You know, go back, watch our, our, listen to our Halloween Havoc uh, aftercast. Uh, But I did watch it with family, right? So, because I was in a group, this is why I prefer watching wrestling alone now for the most part, because nine out of 10 times I am taking notes for a show, right?
1: Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. It's annoying. I'm at a point where I take, like, minor notes on my phone. I try to, like, not that I'm not taking notes, and and I'll I'll often still, like, time the matches and write down the finishes and stuff, just because I'm a nerd and I, I like the old WWF magazines when it used to be, like, you know, Bastion Booger bests Owen Hart with a bonsai drop or whatever it was. Anyway, I try to, like, experience the show now and try to, like, be in the moment as much as possible. And then sometimes go back. Like, I watched the Halloween Havoc main event twice, actually, before our podcast because it was so good. And, yeah, sometimes I'll go back I watch some of that ladder matches to see those spots again that I really wanted to highlight. But, yeah, for the most part, I actually am taking less notes and trying to just experience the show. And I think it's helping the podcast. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just out of my mind. I've, no, I think
0: so, too, because I have a new system that I haven't fully talked about, but this new system seems to be working. Um before we move on to wrestling, let's stick with entertainment. So this weekend, because of the It's Canon podcast, I was able to get a review copy of Terrifier 2. By the way, Terrifier 2, uh, if you live in Canada, it is out in select theaters, Toronto, Carlton Cinemas. Go watch it out there. It's, but I was able to catch it. Dude, it's a long mother effing movie.
1: Oh, yeah, how long? Jeez. Two and a half. I, I, a two and a half hour slasher flick. Oof, lots of gore, lots of blood splattering. Did you pass out? Did you vomit in terror?
0: I was laughing, man. This
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sick fuck. <laughs> going full J.D. McDonough? Going full <laughs> Hannibal Lecter on this shit? Pretty much. I, I mean, you know it's fake, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it is what it is. Exactly, but
0: it was a... All in all, too long of a movie, but it is good. And I think it's going to draw more attention to slasher films, which is good and bad because you're going to see more of them. It's going to be commercialized. uh, And I think, you know, we're just going to see one too many of them moving forward. But it was still good. It was still a very fun movie. I think that it was a very good, uh, you know, they they tried to tell a story. It was funny because they were from jeffrey dahmer jokes uh one of the jokes <laughs> basically being like what's hap- actually happening in the world right now and that's you know dressing up for halloween as you know the these these psycho killers
1: yeah absolutely that's man uh i i'm get it, definitely gonna give it a watch i'm sure it's super intense but in a fun and, and hilarious way two and a half hours though man why are things so long these days Right? <laughs> A man, I don't know how Jason Hagen does it, right?
0: And he called it, right? Like, more is more. And it's everything, right? Like, even even movies and everything. Like, I watch Black Adam. Black Adam is great. It's two hours long. That's it, right? MCU movies getting longer and longer and longer and longer. They're like three hours, three plus hours, right? So it's like, ugh, just just this, not everything needs to be long, you know?
1: Yes, and it's funny in that spirit let's move on to my needlessly long list of toronto matches actually before we do that you got to talk about some other things
0: let's talk about some other stuff let's that's the main event your top 34 toronto matches of all time i guess inspired by aew coming here um i'm i'm correct right
1: Yes, yes, exactly. I was just like, oh, I should have maybe done. But I wanted to see if anything on the uh, AEW cards made the list. Spoiler, they did not. Perhaps there's something I should revisit. But, yeah, also to celebrate the great city of Toronto. You know, we met a lot of indie wrestlers. We met a lot of indie fans and a lot of people in the wrestling community, quote-unquote. So, yeah, just to celebrate the great city of Toronto. But we we have other things to talk about first. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk some, uh, some
0: random news and stuff. So this week... I'm actually really looking forward to some uh, some New Japan pressing. They are going to be in New York City later on this week. So next on next week's show, we're going to be reviewing their Battle of 44th Street or whatever that show is called. I don't have the, my notes right in front of me right now, so I do apologize for sounding like an idiot. But we'll be chatting that New York show later on this week. Um, let us chat... So, the finals of the IWGP Women's Championship is officially booked, my friend, at the New Japan Pro Wrestling Stardom Historic X Over. Um, It's going to be Kairi versus Mayu Iwatani for the first ever IWGP Women's Championship. Number one, love the belt design. Number two, I should have guessed this was going to be the finals, but I think this is going to be a hell of a match. And. Number three, Matt, who do you think is going to go over?
1: You can see legitimate cases for both women. Mayu has been like a pillar. She's been there forever. She was with uh, Io, uh and Kyrie originally, right? And was like in that class and has been like the stalwart. So I can see her getting it. But Kyrie, more famous, had the international super stardom with WWE. So you can legitimately see either uh, woman winning here. I would give it to Kyrie, I think that's what they're going to do as well. I think this belt is basically meant for a Kyrie saying, you know, I agree, and this is my logic
0: behind it. So, we quickly were chatting with Yorkie, with Paul York about this, right? He thinks Mayu's going to win for the simple fact that the obvious choice is Kyrie. And here's the re- and I think that's a great logic, right? That's very Vince Russo of him. Um, but I think that <laughs> Kyrie is going to end up winning for the simple fact that this belt, in my opinion, is going to be a belt that's mostly defended in the States, right? You know? Yeah. It, and, and, and I think who better? Than Kyrie saying Kyrie herself, a known name in the states to be champion. Not to take anything away from a pillar of stardom and someone who's like held that promotion on her back as it's expanding, you know, worldwide. But I just think that Kyrie having that that U.S. Uh, exposure with WWE um,
1: and NXT, uh, you know, it's just that that's just a point for her to have the belt. Exactly. I kind of think they're going to treat it like new Japan treats the uh, US title. Like you said, it's going to be mostly defended in the United States, sometimes in Japan. And Kyrie is the perfect person to hold the women's United States title.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I think. All right, so just taking a look at this, uh, the card. So this card is going to happen on November 20th, 2022, just a few weeks from now, my friend. And four matches have been signed. And I just wanted to bring this up real quickly because I'm curious to know if how excited you are of this card so far. So we're going to get the IWGP Women's Championship match, Mayu Iwatani versus Kyrie. Here are the other matches tom waller and siuri versus zach saber jr and julia
1: oh yeah let's go i'm two for two excited now all right
0: hiroshi Tanahashi and utami uh Hayashishita versus hiroki goto and micah
1: that's 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 fun i, mean, I like the tanahashi and utami pairing that's that that seems right that feels right
0: And and I don't know if you've noticed And the reason why I say I question how excited you are Is because they are all mixed tags so far That have been announced Here's a fun match Suzuki Goons, Taichi, and uh, Kenamaru uh, Along with Meltard Which is Tam, Nakano, and Natsupoi Versus Suzuki Goons, El Desperado, and Duki uh, Along with Black Desire, Starlight Kid, and Momo Watanabe
1: I like that uh, the Stardom pairing a lot more than the New Japan pairing there.
0: Yeah, yep. So we're it's having weird. A-
1: they're going Suzuki goon explodes. Yeah, uh, it's, uh,
0: we're having an eight person mixed tag match and two mixed tag matches. That's those are the only other three matches announced on the card outside of the IWGP Women's Championship. I expect a surprise or two on this show. I don't know whom, I don't know who. But I do believe that we're gonna get a surprise or two on this card. It's not gonna be Sasha Banks. Everyone needs to calm down. She's still in her contract. Tranquilo, everyone.
1: Uh, who's out there? Um Tegan Knox? I could see that. Hey, I she's, could she's, see she's, Tegan Knox. She's out
0: there. Yeah, she's still uh, out there.
1: Yeah, I wonder, it's gonna be a good show. I expect at least one, probably only one, uh halfway big. Singles New Japan match to be there, possibly for the US title. Who knows? But there's going to be one title match, I think, in New Japan. Yep, I think so too. Um, I wonder who's who, how they're
0: going to book, if Okada is going to be on this show. Probably not. He's probably going to be away by this point. Um, but it would be interesting to kind of see who they pair him up with if
1: they're going with this whole mixed tag uh, stuff. Yeah, if they actually did want to give Okada a couple nights off, this would be a good show. Because they don't need him, really. He's just going to be in a mixed tag anyway, right? Like, Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the unfortunate thing at that point, right? Um, but that is what's going on, my friend. That is the huge and New Japan Pro Wrestling cross stardom November 20th. Really looking forward to that. We'll be chatting that. There's a couple other stardom cards that we're going to be talking about coming up. Uh, So let us chat. Let's move on. I was able to catch the FTR versus Aussie Open match. Watch that uh, this morning at about 1 a.m. Man. Man. Oh, man. It is A shot
1: of adrenaline woke you back up, did it?
0: Pretty much. It was a great match. Now, is it better than briscoe's ftr1 no is it better than briscoe's ftr2 maybe maybe i would need to re re rewatch both matches but that's the level of awesome that this match is it is possibly in the top three tag team matches of the entire year and it's going to be like for sure top 10 match of 2022
1: awesome yeah i can't wait to see it i've been i've been going hard on toronto matches so i still haven't gotten a chance to check it out but i will definitely at least by the end of the year for our top 122 of 2022 list but yeah man that's uh even dax himself called it maybe his best match right so they're uh the high praises out there especially from the people who are actually involved in the thing
0: yeah exactly you know and that's the thing like if, if dax harwood is telling you he liked this match you know it's a good
1: match 100,000%. Can't wait to check it out. No, it was from Royal Quest 2 Night 1. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. And that is available on New Japan World. Yep, exactly.
0: All right. Let's chat some impact wrestling before we get to the list. Uh seems to be a thing we constantly do uh right now here on Bam. So the show starts off with Bullet Club, Juice Robinson and Crazy Bay just chilling backstage. Bay walks over to the parking lot. And just like the NXT parking lot, it is the most dangerous place in all of wrestling because his partner, Ace Austin, was attacked. He was unconscious right in the middle of parking lot. Security and Tommy Dreamer randomly shows up. Of note, Tommy Dreamer is scheduled to team up with Bully Ray to face Juice Robinson. Uh, sorry, to face Chris Bay and Ace Austin. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was uh, very, very interesting that uh, Tommy Dreamer just show, so happened to show up. Everyone blames Bully Ray for doing this jump into the show itself the first match was the aforementioned match it was bully ray and tommy dreamer versus bullet clubs chris bay he was able to get juice robinson in his corner uh this match was all right it was a tommy dreamer and bully ray match in
1: 2022 cool cool yeah that sounds like something i could easily skip yep
0: uh bully ray tommy dreamer end up winning after the match Bully Ray gets in Tommy Dreamer's face saying, I didn't do it. Tommy Dreamer kind of doesn't believe him.
1: So that was that. Some intrigue here between Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray. In 2022.
0: (laughs) Yep. All right. Heath and Rhino are hyping each other up. They are cutting a promo how they're coming after the kingdom uh, because they have their title shot later in the show. Um so that was a thing. You get some more Tommy Dreamer Bully Rig stuff going on. Uh right. After this, the second match, Mia Yim versus Taylor Wilde.
1: Taylor Wilde? Yeah. Has she been has she been there a lot? Is, is she, she like new? Redebute. Redebuted, well, like, re-debuted in, yeah.
0: Yeah, redebuted uh at uh, Bound for Glory at the uh, Battle Royal.
1: Gotcha. There you go.
0: Right. So this was a pretty good match. I believe this was Mia Yim's final match uh, of her current impact run. Uh, So this match was about 9 minutes, 26 seconds of on-air time. Um... I have all the times because, well, I'm doing the reports at slamwrestling.net. Uh, this was a pretty good match. This was a very well-thought-of match. I really did like this. Uh, Yim, um, wild hit Yim with the wild ride, which is the bridge German suplex for a clean win over Yim.
1: Nice, yeah. I wonder where Mia Yim ends up next. Perhaps, uh, perhaps AEW with uh, with her boy Keith Lee or Stardom. Stardom, hey, there's always Stardom. Maybe, maybe yep.
0: the American expansion. Andrea, she could easily be going back to WWE at this point, right? Also, also true. Yeah, so after the match, Mickey James comes out. She welcomes Wilde back to Impact Wrestling. She talks about seeing Wilde enter TNA back in 2007 and how she climbed the ladder way back then. Uh, But she says she never actually faced Taylor Wilde, and she wants to face her in a match very soon. uh, Mickey said uh, she wants to wrestle people she loves, admires, and respects during her last rodeo that's when VXT's Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo come out along with Giselle Shaw. They beat down James and Wild. Um Jordan Grace runs out, gave Shaw a spine buster. Uh Shaw, Perrazzo, and Green
1: retreat to the back. Uh all right. Fair enough. Uh Mickey James, where do you think this ends up? Who who defeats Mickey James? Um I have
0: this sinking feeling that she will end up winning the title, and I don't know where they're going to go after that. Or she just loses against Jordan Grace. Maybe. Maybe she just loses to Jordan Grace, and they push Jordan really hard. Yep. All right. Honor No More is going back and forth. Everyone's confused. If you remember, Eddie Edwards has a answer to give. It's either he chooses his family or he chooses Honor No More.
1: <sighs> yeah. Eddie Edwards intrigue. Yes.
0: Yep. All right. Mickey James, Taylor Wilde, and Jordan Grace cut a promo against VXT and Giselle Shaw. They challenge them to a match next week. Um, Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry is doing some amazing work in Impact right now. Catch the Joe Hendry stuff. They're outlandish. It's insane. It is like, you know, I don't even know how to describe these skits, but it they're just so freaking good. Um, just so out there. And so different from a lot of stuff going on and just wrestling in general. But they've been a lot of fun. Joe Hendry is back. Um, so that's uh, been a lot of fun. He faces Jason Hodge, ends up winning in two minutes. Uh, again, I don't even know how to describe what's going on with his story, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, but the, And the crowd is loving him. So that's always really good. Oh, uh, really good. Uh, we see Frankie Kazarian walking backstage with his X Division title. Scott Demore comes out. He talks about how the X Division is not about limits. It's about no limits. Damore then talked about Kazarian winning the title um, and how Kazarian, in cashing in option Z, is giving up, forfeiting the title. He says that... Uh, Damore says that the title is going to be uh, uh, up for grabs in a tournament. Culminating at Overdrive, their Impact Plus special on November 18th. All right. They did note that, or Hennefin noted that option C only has a 50% success rate. So this is a hell of a gamble. So Kazarian comes out. uh, He gives over the belt. Then he has an impassioned promo, an impassioned promo, I should say, um, where he says, you know, he's now a team player. Uh, But there's one thing that he really wants to accomplish in his career that is winning the world championship at Impact Wrestling because it's something that has always eluded him. He says he loves wrestling, um, but wrestling hasn't always loved him back. He says, you know, he's uh, it's it's given him his wife, Tracy Brooks, a son named Rebel and Impact gives Because Impact has given him that, he wants to give back to Impact, and he wants to to have a hell of a match with Josh Alexander. Uh, So it was a really, 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 really good um, promo, in my opinion, that he was having. Steve Macklin comes out, attacks Kazarian. Uh, Macklin hit Kaz with a tree of woe spear. Josh Alexander comes out, runs off Macklin, and that is that
1: all right so right now it sounds like check out this segment check out the uh joe Hendry match and promo as well those seem to be the big recommendations so far
0: pretty much pretty much uh alicia edwards you know reminds eddie edwards of its family or honor no more uh backstage promo kazarian is complaining to josh alexander about helping him saying that he could have taken care of macklin himself no you could not have um, and then, <laughs> randomly, Kazarian tells Josh Alexander that you cannot trust Bully Ray. So that seems to be the theme of Impact Wrestling right now. Alright, uh, Eric Young with Deaner versus Rich Swan. This was an okay match. It was a pretty quick match. Rich Swan ends up beating uh, Eric Young pretty quick. Uh, Swann was about to do his dance when one of uh, Eric Young's students uh, grabs him. Deaner tosses Swan back in the ring after getting tossed out. Uh Young was about to hit Swan with a spike paw driver when the lights go off. And out comes Sammy Callahan for the save.
1: Sammy Callahan Rich Swan team?
0: Yep. Yep. Huh. The major that's players. A, that's a Go
1: interesting ahead. Pairing. Yeah. No, I was is. just gonna say that's a that's a weird pairing. I wouldn't think of it, but let's give it a chance.
0: Yep. All right, major players, Cardona and Brian Myers, they're essentially throwing uh, their hat in the race for the Tag Team Championships. Let's jump right into the main event, which was the Kingdoms, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett versus Heath and Rhino for the Impact Tag Team Championships. Another recommendation, go out and watch this match. Really well done. It was overbooked,
1: but it was overbooked in a good way, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you—I mean, look at the four names involved in the match. God bless them. Sometimes you gotta gussy it up, little smoke and mirrors. Yep. Um, Maria
0: doing her best to you know be Maria and distracting the ref constantly to give the kingdom the upper hand. Eventually, PCO, Vincent, and Kenny King run out. Maria went for the distraction. Rhino grabbed Maria by the hair. Bennett punches Rhino. Maria pulls out a bag of mystery powder, uh, from her shirt. Maria accidentally hits Bennett with a said powder. Hit, then hits Bennett with a zigzag. Taven hit Heath with a spinning crescent kick. Rhino hit Maria with a gore uh, that Taven dodged. Heath then hit a very distracted Taven with a zigzag for the win in 10 minutes and 5 seconds of on-air time to become the new Impact Tag Team Champions.
1: Nice, nice. and That makes a lot of sense. Obviously, it seems that Bennett and Taven are with AEW, perhaps with Ring of Honor, whatever the heck that means. But uh, yeah, it makes sense that they would drop their titles on the way out. Love some Maria. I will check this match if I uh, get a chance to. Absolutely. Definitely want to see the Joe Hendry stuff, Been hearing some good things about him. Yep, so Eddie Edwards comes out, and he says,
0: you know, a lot of people are asking him, and he's had to ask himself if honor no more is worth saving. He said all he sees in the ring is failure, Eddie berates the kingdom for just failing, and he asks them if they're still loyal to honor no more. Um, Bennett and Taven said they were loyal and family. He then berated Kenny King and asked him if he was loyal after failing to get the X Division title. King said he was loyal. Eddie said that Vincent is the peacekeeper and wonders if Vincent is loyal to Honor No More or PCO. Vincent kind of just hangs his head. That's when Eddie turns his attention to PCO for costing him the title. Eddie said he was distracted dealing with PCO's bullshit. Eddie asked PCO if he's loyal. The crowd's chanting no. Eddie said PCO's silence says a lot. Vincent the peacemaker put the black sack over PCO's face to pull him away. Eddie said PCO isn't a monster. PCO is a bitch. PCO then attacks Eddie Edwards. Um, Vincent tries to calm down PCO, but he ends up choke slamming him. The kingdom gave PCO stereo super kicks, but he no sold it. Um, Vincent then hits PCO in the back with a chair, which he then again no sold. Uh, PCO punches the chair onto Vincent. Gives the kingdom a flip dive on the outside. Goes back in the ring. chokeslams Vincent onto the chair. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it. Like, PCO stands tall to end the show. Honor no more implodes. Eddie Edwards didn't really give an answer. uh, But uh, this was the final impact appearance of Vincent and the kingdom. So that's where we're at. So PCO
1: is staying in impact?
0: Yep, he just signed a new deal for one year. It lasts until Halloween of 2023.
1: Unreal. There you go. That makes a lot of sense. And Vincent is possibly on his way to WWE.
0: Possibly. He was uh, backstage, but so were the Kingdom. Just days before the Kingdom were in Toronto for Rampage tapings.
1: Interesting, interesting. So we're going to see where that all shakes out. But honor no more is indeed no more, it seems. Yep, that's... Pretty much where we're at with uh,
0: impact. So in the famous words of Mark Henry, it's time for the main event.
1: <laughs> I'm excited. Can okay, I need a refill of my coffee for sure? Give me two minutes, Boris. Put this thing on pause and we will be back. Oh yeah. All right. We are
0: filled up on coffee. Not that it matters because this is a podcast, so we could easily just edit whatever we want, but I wanted you <laughs> to know, Matt, we are both filled up on coffee. Um so we are going to be chatting this is the main event top 34 toronto matches of all time this is our list just remember that you know so top 34 why 34 i know why but let's gotta 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 throw this out there
1: for the great austin matthews sniper extraordinaire who is a toronto maple leaf for now we'll see in a couple years if they keep losing in the first round Uh, shout out to all our Leaf fans listeners Uh, anyway so yeah top 34 uh, to honor Austin Matthews I also have six off the post why not do a top 40 Eh, because you gotta have some fun with it also uh, part of this is that I haven't seen a couple of these matches so just quickly off the post these are six matches that must be acknowledged in the history of Toronto wrestling but aren't good enough or aren't complete enough to be on the list we're gonna start in the 19 Seventies, February 6th, 1977, Harley Race versus Terry Funk. This is where Harley Race wins the NWA title from Terry Funk in Toronto, in Maple Leaf Gardens. Problem is there's only like 10 minutes of this available out there on the internets. Yeah, exactly. All right uh also a match that must be acknowledged the main event of WWF the big event at Exhibition Stadium that was August 28th 1986 Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorf. uh off the post on this list feels right not quite good enough to be on the list yeah even though this match is historic this match is huge
0: this is just a house show that had an in an insane crowd at Exhibition Stadium. I was actually at the 10-year anniversary show of this show back in 96.
1: You know what the uh, that, main event of that was? Sure does, because I sure do, buddy, because it's next on our list. And you saw it live. I saw it I live. I have never seen this match. It does exist as a fan cam. I, I didn't get around to watching it, but maybe I'll watch it back. I've heard good things. Shawn Michaels versus Goldust. Ladder match for the WWF title from Exhibition Stadium. One of the last shows from there.
0: It was it was the last show from Exhibition Stadium.
1: Yes, in terms of WWE for sure. WWE,
0: yeah, Uh, WWE. Good match. FYA, good match. I remember really, really enjoying this match, even at that age. Right, I was eleven. Really good match. Like the crowd was just so behind Shawn Michaels. It was insane. Goldust was like the perfect heel And it's Dustin, right? Like he knows, he knows what he's doing It was such a good match The entire card was good This is the card that Ultimate Warrior uh, Was originally booked for They sold a shit ton of tickets On Warrior's return and his back But, you know, Warrior was gonna Warrior So he was released months before this
1: card actually happened Oh, that sucks Yeah. Oh, did, no. did you buy a ticket wanting to see the Warrior? No
0: Oh god, no I just wanted to watch wrestling <laughs> I just wanted to watch wrestling, right? Like, and so I'm not gonna get into details why, because it's a kind of a sad story. But I was in the hospital most of this summer, and you know, when I was released, my parents said you can have one thing, anything. I chose WWE tickets at Exhibition Stadium. Of note, also in this card, Roddy Piper made his return, and he was just amazing on the mic. Like he was telling stories of you know growing up in in the prairies and then coming to Toronto, and he was naming uh, Toronto landmarks. It was just such a good promo that Piper did.
1: Ah oh, man, I want to I want to see this whole show. I wonder if the whole thing exists somewhere. I hope they taped it.
0: I still yeah, so have, that... like,
1: I still have pictures, like film pictures of this yeah. show. That's so sick. Yeah, that match must be acknowledged as does Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair the on WWE Raw 2002. This is a no disqualification, undisputed title match. Hogan is the champion coming into this match versus Ric Flair. Not the best match, but it's Hogan versus Flair in Toronto for the world title.
0: Yep, I was there too. Uh, This match, I was so sick for this card. Like, I was disgustingly sick for the show. Um, But it was a fun show. And this is, like, at the height of the NWO return and WWE's NWO. This match ends with uh, X-Pac coming down and ruining the match for a DQ. Such funny. So funny.
1: Yeah. I actually, well, I, I've stopped making the TikToks, but when I was doing the daily TikToks, I did one on this match, and that was my joke. Like, I'll give you $100 if you can predict how this match ends. You guessed it, X-Pac running. That's how they ended Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair in Toronto. Uh, another yep. another match that must be acknowledged. Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. Went ninety seconds. Goldberg's first match back in friggin' forever. I remember coming home on the subway and people yelling about that. There was a crazy man yelling that Vince McMahon ruined WWE and it would be dead in five years. I don't think he said that, but Yeah. I love this match. I think it was a perfect Same. way to book this match. Same. And the last one off the post, if you notice, I've been doing one in every decade. 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, 2010s. So i got to do one from the 2020s. And I think, pick your match from Dynamite. I need to go back and watch the Toronto Dynamite. I had bad seats. I was a little drunk. A little all over the place that night. Uh, but I would say Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus is probably the match that I would circle as the best match on that show that I need to go back and watch. It might show up on this list if I were to do it again.
0: I think Jericho uh daniel is is the one but
1: yeah it's one of those two i hated the uh daniel garcia stuff so much feels like a big step back for him in my opinion but you know we'll see how that all we'll plays see out. how this all plays out right i still think there's more to the story i do and i like the way they've been explaining it since anyway that brings us to our list boris the top 34 matches in the history of toronto we're going to do this in tiers the first tier Three and a half stars, three and a half maple leaves out of five. Seventy percent. It's a B in Canada. Pretty good match here. So number thirty-four, women's title match from Unforgiven, two thousand six, September seventeenth. Lita versus Trish Stratus. Trish's retirement match. She wins the title in her finale. I was so hungover for this
0: card. <laughs> I was so hungover for this car. The day before, my brother, a uh, good friend of ours, and I went to, I forget where. It was some little town between here and Ottawa. And, dude, we were just so, I was, not we, because we drove. Uh, the DD would just, just hated my brother and I at this point. And the three of us <laughs> were going to the wrestling show the next day. So, yeah, th- I was so hungover. Dude, I was so hungover, I threw, I had to stop. And I literally just, like, hung outside of the car enough so I could just throw up.
1: Oh, that is classy. Classy move, buddy. No, I love it, though. Sometimes you just got to, especially in your youth, got to go hard. There will be two other mentions of the show so you can talk about your absolute disgusting exploits then. I love it, brother. Uh, So, yeah, 34, the women's title match from Unforgiven 06. 33. The WCW World Title Tournament Final from WCW Mayhem, November 21st, 1999. The Hitman, Bret Hart versus He Who Shall Not Be Named, Chris Benoit. Yeah, this match was excellent. I've only seen this match live. I've never seen this, like, back. Interesting. So, yeah, you've two for two, you've been live at these shows. I have not seen, I've not hit a card that I've seen live yet. I grew up in small town northern Ontario. You grew up here.
0: Yeah, I grew up here. Came here in the early '90s. Chances are, basically every, almost every wrestling show, major wrestling show from WWE and WCW from '93 until 2007, I went to.
1: Awesome! I, I love to hear that. So you're going to be represented well on this list, my friend. Uh, number 32 and 31. We're going Maple Leaf Gardens in the '80s. So you didn't catch these ones. So 32 champion randy macho man savage defending against the million dollar man ted dibiase that is july 24th 1988 commentators on that one gorilla monsoon and your boy sean mooney who uh, anyway, so that's 32, Macho Man versus DBossy, January 88. 31, Hulk Hogan champion versus Macho Man Savage, right after WrestleMania 9. This is April 23rd, 1989. Commentators for this match, Gorilla Monsoon and your boy, Lord Alfred Hayes.
0: That's awesome. That's an awesome commentary team. July 24th, 1988, huh? That, that's a day that lives in infamy in my head now. Yes, why? <laughs> let move on
1: <laughs> moving on i will number 30 we're going to nxt takeover toronto the main event of that show samoa joe wins the title from shinsuke nakamura so that was november 19th 2016 number 30 on our list joe nakamura such a weird time in
0: nxt because those two hot shot at the belt so much
1: it was, it was a strange time. I kind of liked their feud more in retrospect. I didn't expect to rank this match, but when I went back and watched the famous match from that card, I also was like, I'll give the main event a chance. And then I was like, oh, it has to be on the list. It's a really good match. Yeah. All right, so at number 30 is where I slotted it. Number 29 and 28, we have a SmackDown 6 pack here. Uh, not six matches, but from the SmackDown 6, it's a pack of. Anyway, Boris, you feel me. So, match number 29, it is the semifinals of the WWE Tag Team Title Tournament. It's Chris Benoit and Kurt Angle versus Los Guerreros, October 17th, 2002. This was the go home show for No Mercy 2002.
0: This match live was amazing just absolutely amazing I, personally i would have ranked this higher but good good placement the fact that this is even on the list
1: yes i'm, I'm glad i found it deep on the internet and watched it it deserves to be on here number 28 eddie guerrero versus kurt angle from summerslam 2004 So that was the world title match. Kurt Angle defeats Eddie Guerrero, playing off the WrestleMania match where Guerrero takes off his boot and he wins. Guerrero gets his boot taken off and he actually submits to a sock-laden ankle lock.
0: Yep, 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 yep. This match was great. Um, Main event was better, but this was good.
1: Yes. 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 So that is our tier right there. We're entering a new tier. Now these are three and three quarter stars B plus in Canada, 75%. So there are only two here, but I feel like it's important to make the distinction, not quite great matches, but better than just your stock good match. And, uh, Number 27, this is one that the fans helped tremendously. The entrances, the setup, it is the best match of Sean Spears slash Ty Dillinger's career. It is the opening match of TakeOver Toronto. Bobby Roode versus Ty Dillinger. Three and three quarter Maple Leafs out of five.
0: Man, I remember being at the show and I think everyone was just starving for NXT and really good wrestling live because the reactions that both these Canadian guys got was just insane and it, and just, you know, starting the show with Bobby Roode's, like,
1: special entrance. Oh, so good. Yeah, they they started loading out a choir right before the show started, and we all knew what was going to happen. We all knew it was going to be Bobby Roode getting the glorious, and it was so great. The crowd sang the entire time. This is one that I attended, and I will always remember being there for this entrance, and that maybe that colors my opinion slightly, but I thought this match was great. Watched it back. I thought it was great again. So it will slot in at 27. Number 26, this is a match that's a little disappointing if you look at the names but it was still very good wrestling aj styles versus adam cole from roh all-star extravaganza 2014 commentators on that one were uh kevin kelly and steve carino on the call there
0: yeah yeah this match was um
1: this match yeah i remember this yeah very good match. It went a little long. They're throwing bombs at each other. It was uh, AJ Styles was IWGP heavyweight champion at this time. So it was kind of very clear he wasn't going to lose to Adam Cole. But they they still had a really good match.
0: Yeah. Was this match at Ted Reeves or at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens? I don't remember.
1: Oh, I'd have to check. I okay. want to say Ted Reeve. The, I, I'm 90% sure most of the uh, shows uh, in ROH in this era were at Ted Reeve, but they they, they went to Madammy once or twice. What day was this? Sorry, the date. This yes, the date of this one, All Star Extravaganza, September 16th, 2014. This was at the Matami Center. This was. It was at Madammy. Yeah. So this is
0: the card where I randomly ran into Jason Agnew, and we basically talked the entire show.
1: Nice. That's really cool. There you go. So yeah, 2014 at the former Maple Leaf Gardens, now Mattamy Athletic Center. So that's a tier right in and of itself. We don't have very many three and three quarters. So it's, it's a rare rating here on the band podcast. Yep. So we're going to our new tier, the top 25. All of these matches are great or better, right? So this is four Maple Leafs out of five, 80%. Great match a minus if you want to be a dick about it but it's an a minus in canada yep number 25 the main event of wrestlemania 6 hulk hogan versus the ultimate warrior the all-time example of a match that doesn't hold up but you gotta rate it for its time and place and on the day this was a great match if you watched it back it is not a great match no exactly so yeah number 25 feels perfect for that hogan versus warrior title for title Number 24, a Hulk Hogan hidden gem. Steel cage match. Uh, it's July 11th, 1987. Hulk Hogan versus the Ugandan giant Kamala. One of the best Kamala matches I've ever seen. Just a fun, hate filled, bloody brawl. Very cool. Yes, love that one. Uh, definition of an A minus. Another match right here. The definition of A minus. Hell in a Cell handicap tag team match, Boris. D-Generation X versus Big Show and the McMahons. This was way too violent for the silliness they did or way too silly for the violence they did. They didn't quite know what they wanted to be. There was, like, Shane McMahon almost dying and Vince McMahon's face in the Big Show's ass in the same match. Like, what was going on here?
0: Yeah, this is the match at Unforgiven where they introduced a taller, higher Helen, uh, like Hell in a Cell cage, right? So everyone yes. assumed... And I remember seeing this cage and thinking, holy shit, that's really high. So everyone assumed someone was going to take a bump off the cage, but no one did. And that kind of pissed off the crowd, which was like, funny enough.
1: Yeah, it was a different time. Looking back, obviously, it would be crazy to think that someone would take a bump off that cell, although Shane McMahon kind of did later on. So (laughs) craziness. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, a weird kind of self-indulgent match there. Another weird kind of self-indulgent match. It was great, but it went way too long. It was just too much. Three stages of hell, For the NXT title, Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano, the main event of TakeOver 2. It was still a great match. You'd have to be a hater to say it wasn't a great match. But I couldn't give it any more than like A- minus if we're really splitting hairs because, god damn it, it it went too long. People are kicking out a top rope, Canadian Destroyers, halfway through. It's just like, oh, boy.
0: Everything... That is, you know, people complain about modern wrestling, AEW, like late stage black and gold NXT was this match, right? The other thing that really hurt this match is the fact that because it was the three stages of hell, you knew it was going to get to the third stage. So who gives a crap about the first two stages, which kind of sucked because they were good, but everyone was just waiting for that third mystery uh, stage, which, you know, if you were live in the building, you clearly saw the cage. Yeah, what you didn't see is the
1: weapons hanging from the cage. Yeah, those were harder to see. Definitely the barbed wire at the top of the cage, harder to see. So, yeah, that's absolutely 100% true. This is also kind of a sneaky example of the Toronto crowd turning on someone that the management did not expect. Johnny Gargano was booed in this match. Adam Cole was the baby face of this match. I just watched it back all friggin' 90 minutes of it. Until that Until the,
0: the end of the match, when... Cameras are turned off, and everyone, like, starts cheering for Johnny Gargano again because everyone thought, that. and this, I believe, originally was supposed to be Gargano's swan song in NXT.
1: Yes, and he ended up staying for four more years, but you are correct. I think that is 100% correct. So, yeah, a long, overindulgent match. You know what Kinda I would like prefer this to see? Yeah, <laughs> exactly right, yeah, Try it. Uh, you know what I would like to see more is like an old school storytelling wrestling match, which we got September 9th, 2013 on Raw. Goldust versus Randy Orton. If Goldust wins, Cody Rhodes is reinstated. That's match number 21 on our list. This match was Goldust's return to WWE after God knows how
0: long. And his the reaction that he got in this match
1: was unreal. Yes. Yes. Great Dustin Rhodes match and performance in the post-match promo. Stephanie, it was in full emasculate the baby faces mode, but Dustin Rhodes was awesome in the post-match promo as well. So yeah, number 21, we are entering the top 20. Another great match, A- minus for its time and place, Maple Leaf Gardens. April twenty first, nineteen eighty five, a tag team match: the Dream Team of Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, and Greg Valentine versus Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, and Tito Santana. Awesome eighties tag match right here. Good old Chico. Good old Chico. You can't you can't hate him. Also, this is uh, uh, early Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body commentary. Still kind of finding their groove, but nineteen eighty five, they were already they'd already done WrestleMania one, right? So they're, they 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 got it. All right, number 19, two out of three falls for the Ring of Honor tag team titles, Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly versus the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. This is the main event of the show where you and Agnew became buddies, 2014, Kevin Kelly, Steve Carino, and Nigel McGuinness on the call here in the main event. Yeah, doesn't someone get injured in this match? Oh, it's it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I if so, I didn't catch it. It seemed maybe uh, maybe uh, Matt Jackson actually. Come to think of it, but someone no, it, got uh, really yeah. injured in this match. Yeah. Oh dang! That 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 kind of explains why it fell apart a little bit there. But uh, yeah, it's still a great match. Look at the names involved.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: Number 19. So number 18, the best match of the big event at Exhibition Stadium. It is a snake pit match, which is a fancy word for a no DQ match. Jake the Snake versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Really good hidden 80s gem here. Nice. I got to check that one out. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah. Hate, hate filled brawl, Jake, the snake and Ricky, the dragon steamboat match number 17. This is Ricky, the dragon steamboat versus the macho man, Randy Savage. So they're going to show up a couple times on this list. This one is from July 27th, 1986. This predates WrestleMania three. This predates the angle. This is before the, uh, the famous broken trachea angle with, which set up wrestlemania right so keep that in mind this is just just basically not an exhibition but just a a standard title defense but still absolutely great because look at the two names
0: yeah very cool
1: number 16 ring of honor world title davy richards versus kevin steen from border wars 2012 where kevin steen wins the title despite being a huge heel the crowd shits all over davy richards loves kevin steen to nobody's surprise
0: oh this match was so good live oh this match was special especially because this was when kevin steen finally finally gets that belt and with and you know and this is like you know these two are going to be feuding for the next three years essentially
1: yeah there you go i I can see being there live i probably would have bumped it up but i was not on tv it's going a minus but still a great match Match number 15, Kevin Steen versus El Generico, the first match of Death Before Dishonor 8 from 2010. So this was supposed to be a random match, like, to open the show, and El Generico comes out, throws Cheech and Cloudy away, and demands to fight Kevin Steen right there on the spot. They do. Kevin Steen ends up winning, but they continue to brawl throughout the show, similar to Triple H and Mankind at Canadian Stampede. lot of fun. <laughs>
0: This is so good. This match, oh, my God.
1: Um, Yeah, so so many great memories from this show. Awesome, man. Yeah, so that was 2010, Death Before Dishonor 8, Generico versus Kevin Steen, number 15. Number 14, Brian Danielson versus Claudio Castagnoli. The Blackpool Combat Club explodes, Boris. This is from Northern Navigation, 2008, July 25th. Man, I... I
0: yeah, this this match, I remember just thinking, man, these two are really good. Hopefully, WWE signs them. <laughs> Low
1: and <laughs> behold. It, well, I think it worked out pretty well for both of them, actually. It was both where a they lot are of people. In the long
0: run. Sorry. Here's the thing that a lot of people need to remember, right? Like, in, in terms of exposure. These two wouldn't be where they were if it wasn't for WWE with like and a lot of people right like and I think that's something that a lot of fans forget you know obviously these wrestlers they make good money when they're in WWE but they get that exposure and that's why a lot of them don't shit talk WWE because they know that if it wasn't for their time there well a lot of things a lot of doors wouldn't
1: have opened. You're completely right, not to mention people who have, like, personal relationships. Like Brian Danielson appears to be close friends with Vince McMahon, right? Exactly. All right. Number 13, buddy, Chris Benoit versus Randy Orton. He who shall not be named, losing the title to Randy. The main event of SummerSlam 2004, August 15th, 04. Great match. Great call by Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler
0: yeah, I remember watching this match on DVD. I bought the DVD months after it came like months after the match happened, as soon as the DVD was out, that was the first time I actually watched it back and live this match was so freaking good. Um, one thing that I do remember about like this show in general was like the crowd was really weird. It was super hot for the first half, but Undertaker
1: JBL completely killed the crowd. It was a bad card. You go back and look at that card. It kind of sucks. Like, Triple H versus Eugene. Right? Like, come on, get, get the fuck out of here. This is
0: (laughs) SummerSlam. One of your big four. And I remember like, you know, people in Toronto were like, we're trying to give the show a chance, but yeah, it just under, under, under delivered.
1: Yeah, Eugene was heavily featured on Raw in those days, which is in and of itself a crime. But (laughs) we don't have to get into the finer points of Eugene. Number 13, Benoit versus Orton, main event of SummerSlam 2004. And to wrap up this tier, a hidden gem from 2019, the SmackDown after SummerSlam, Buddy Murphy versus Roman Reigns. This match fucking slaps. Go watch it back. Oh, I love this. So I got upgraded seats for this show
0: um and nice we my nephew sister-in-law and myself were like uh we were um, ringside kind of to the back in a good position where you can see everything and man this match was so freaking good so good uh, this match stole the show
1: yeah hundred uh, percent did yeah absolutely this match he yeah, had good enough for 12 on our list and we're now entering a new tier so those were great matches, but A minus. This next tier, four and a quarter, eighty-five percent. It's a full-on A, not just great, but something special. I think is how we define this tier.
0: Yep. Let's let's hear them.
1: So number eleven. I was in the crowd for this one at the E Zone, a weird little arcade. It is Smash Wrestling Super Showdown 2, Smash's only appearance on this show. Shout out to Smash Wrestling. Probably could have had 4 or 5 more matches at least, but I've only seen a couple Smash shows honestly. This is one I was in the crowd for, it was great. The Young Bucks versus the Super Smash Brothers. That is now the Dark Order's Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus of course Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. August 17th, 2014 at the E-Zone uh if you go back and watch this match on YouTube, which you can, at the end of it, the, everyone who is involved with the commentary and stuff is, is saying this is the best match I've ever seen. I've ever called the crowd are chanting. This is awesome. It was one of those kind of things. It was just absolutely just so much fun to be in the crowd for. So this we're going to rank it at number 11, four and a quarter. This match was so good. So good. And this is, you know,
0: I I, I a trilogy of awesome matches that these two had started in smash and that they had two awesome matches in ROH, uh, one in Ted Reeves uh, and which was just amazing. And then they had another just as good match at the Mad-A-Me, uh, which was probably one of ROH's last shows uh, in Toronto. Um, and I remember that show was when Cody was supposed to defend, but we ended up getting Trent versus Juice Robinson and that match stole the show. But Super Smash Brothers versus the uh, Young Bucks was probably second best on that card. But short story long, these four guys work so well together. And it's a shame that we didn't see these matches more in AEW.
1: Hundred percent, but yeah, being there in such a small atmosphere, like a small little arcade base—it's a big arcade, but it's a small place for, to hold a wrestling show. The E Zone—that intimate atmosphere to see that match so like up close and personal—it was—it was something special. I will remember yep. that for a long, long time. Yep. So yeah, that's number eleven. We're into the top ten. Number ten, no disqualification, intercontinental title match. Champion Randy Macho Man Savage defends against Tito Santana from the Maple Leaf Gardens may 4th 1986 a banger with a great call from gorilla and the brain bobby heenan nice very nice i gotta check this one out yes love me some tito santana man he is highly underrated all right next up we're going to survivor series 2016 for two matches both special both highly underrated survivor series matches so first match number nine a 20 man 10 team elimination tag team match team raw the bar Cesaro and Sheamus, big cast and Enzo Amore, the new day of Biggie and Kofi Kingston, the OC of Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and the shining stars of Epico and Primo. They face Team SmackDown: American Alpha of Chad Gable and Jason Jordan, Breezango, Fandango, and Tyler Breeze, Heath Slater and Rhino. Impact Tag Team Champions, don't you know? The Hype Bros, Mojo Rawley and Matt Cardona, aka Zack Ryder, and the Usos, Jay and Jimmy Uso. Jesus H. Christ! This was awesome, though. This is a great match. Shout out to that '80s tag. My complaint with this
0: match was that you could barely see the ring because there were so many people on the apron
1: (laughs) agreed i was there for this match i did feel live it was great but i went back and it was better watching it on television Match number eight, 10-man elimination tag team match. Team Raw, Braun Strowman, Chris Jericho, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins versus Team SmackDown, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, and Shane McMahon. This match notable for two reasons. Randy Orton takes the bullet, takes the spear for, for Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt pins Roman Reigns clean, basically, with the sister Abigail to win this. Also, Roman Reigns destroys Shane McMahon with a spear. Shane McMahon's going coast to coast, Roman hits him with a spear, concusses him badly, Shane McMahon kicks out, isn't supposed to, and the ref stops the match and eliminates Shane McMahon because he can't speak or move.
0: Yeah, I remember that. That's when Randy Orton goes outside of the ring, willingly goes outside of the ring, out of the script, goes to Shane's kids and comforts them while all of this is going on.
1: Yes, like hugely professional move. And you can see that happening live. Yeah, that was that awesome move by Randy Orton there. That's why he's the best. So that was number eight and number nine from Survivor Series 2006. Match number seven, another show I attended, Roadblock 2016. Dean Ambrose versus Triple H. Banger of a match. Great, great, special world title match. Yeah.
0: So I had tickets to this show. But what ended up happening was this is I was very new in the company that I work, uh, only been working there for like eight months or so. And I was sent to California for a month and a half And this show was in the middle of it. So I did watch this show with
1: my cousin and I was just like, fuck, I could
0: have been there. Fuck, I could have been
1: there. Yeah, it was it was a fun one. To, it's always fun to see Enzo cut a promo live. Lots of cool stuff on the show and a great main event that I will take with me for a long time. Yep. All right. Match number six and five. These ones might anger some people. These are right on the precipice of being all-time classics, but I don't think they're there. So they obviously are great matches, obviously something special, but I'm going to say they're not all-time classics, four and a quarter star for both of these matches. We will start with number six, Ring of Honor title, Davey Richards versus Tyler Black, the main event of Death Before Dishonor, 8, 2010. Jim Cornette on the call, he does a really great job. They work really hard for 45 minutes, but it's basically just throwing bombs at each other. It's in front of a hot crowd. It's a really great match. I wouldn't call it a classic though. It's your typical um I don't know how to, typical I don't know what typical it is. Typical but, indie style.
0: Yeah, that I didn't want to say that, right? But that's that's what it was. It was just kick out of everything, having a 45-minute match and, you know, you're going to win off a right hook
1: yeah (laughs) exactly right yeah no yeah yeah. seth rollins does win this match i think with his uh uh, tyler black sorry wins the match with god's last gift the small package bomb thing that he was using as his finish so that's match number six in the top five still not an all-time classic inarguably great and something special TLC, Edge versus John Cena, main event of Unforgiven 2006. Here's my problem with this match. Here's my, just before you go and please do, but one quick thing. Edge was classic. Edge was amazing in this match. The crowd, amazing. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, amazing. John Cena had a bad night. Yeah. I don't want to say he ruined the match, but John Cena had a bad night. He was the weak link on this night, and he kept it from being an all-time classic. Go Here's back what happened and watch with it. John Cena.
0: Here's what happened with John Cena. I think the crowd got to him. The crowd 100% got to him. Uh, I think he didn't realize just how popular Edge was going to be, especially considering how big of a heel Edge was. And I think John Cena forgot what city he was going to be in. And I remember, like, after a few, go watch this again, and you're going to notice, after every few moves, John Cena just stops, gets up, looks at the crowd, and looks pissed off. So I think he, like, gave up halfway through the match, and that was that.
1: Dang, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's an excellent read on it, buddy. Yeah, especially because you were in the crowd, yeah. But yeah, so this—it's a little bit of a disappointing performance from John Cena. I mean, God bless him. We love John Cena. He's an excellent talent. But yeah, he had a bad night. Had a bad and the, night.
0: Uh, the other thing I wanted to throw into this was, you know, when we talk about our four pillars, our pillars of of rating a match. This one is, you know, tops. One of the tops, obviously, and that's because you have to remember the entire story where this was the summer of John Cena versus Edge. Edge literally just won the title at SummerSlam a few weeks earlier in Boston, so John Cena wanted to return the favor of beating Edge in his hometown.
1: Yes, and we talk about like match layout, we talk about promos before and after, we talk about The Call, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, all of those, super on point. It just John Cena had a bad night, and it (laughs) kept it. It's the difference between 90% and 85%. Slim, slim margin. But that's kind of what we're doing here, right? So uh, I feel like that needs to be acknowledged. Yep, exactly. Still an excellent, truly special wrestling match. Great job uh, by Edge and the crowd. (laughs) Match number, so that is the end of our tier. We are now into a tier of all-time classics. Four and a half stars, 90%, uh, A+++. Some of the best stuff ever. We're gonna start with match number four, the forgotten NXT Women's Classic Match, Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai from Takeover Toronto 2, August 10, 2019. This is a banger.
0: Yeah, this match was so freaking good, man. This one was good, uh, much better than than Baszler, or Mia Yim, and that that's you know, and that was a title match. This was just a grudge match. This match was so freaking good.
1: Yeah, Io Shirai just would not stay—or, sorry, Candice LeRae would not stay down. Io Shirai had just turned heel. I think this was her first big match as a heel, and it fit her like a glove. She's kind of been a heel ever since. And it's just, just, just brilliant professional wrestling in front of an awesome crowd. The best match of Candice's career in WWE, at least. Definitely the best match of Io's career in WWE, at least.
0: Yeah, and this was the debut of Io's awesome theme.
1: Yes, absolutely. The crazy dubstep 808s and heartbreak madness. Uh, (laughs) There's been some madness around the 808s and heartbreak lately. So, yeah, that was match number four. Io Shirai has had better matches than this in her career, but not in WWE. And Candice, you could argue, has not. Uh, Although she probably has in PWG. Anyway, match number three. This is after the angle, the trachea break. This is before... Wrestlemania 3, right in the sweet spot, leading up to one of the most heralded matches of all time, Randy Macho Man Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, again on our list, February 15th, 1987. A lot of people think this match is better than Wrestlemania 3.
0: Yep, I've heard that many times. I've never seen this match, personally, uh, but I've heard really amazing things of this match.
1: It's on YouTube I love this match so much because the the common complaint around the WrestleMania three matches, there's not enough hate in it. Uh, Ricky Steamboat had his career almost ended his, his throat broken and he's just trying to win via roll up. But if you want the hate, the hate happened in this match in Toronto. This is the brawl. This is the blood. This is the, this is the one that a lot of people wanted to see. And it makes sense that at WrestleMania three in Ricky's last opportunity, he just wanted to out wrestle Savage. He just wanted to take his title. So this is a key part of that story. This is a must-see match. It is on YouTube right now. God knows how long it'll be there, but go check it out if you haven't. This match is truly an all-time classic. Awesome. All right. Number two and number one, it was very hard to sort these out. I think we all knew what they were going to be. I don't think either is five stars, though. And you can, you can hop in if you think either of these two matches are five stars. So the second best match in the history of the city of Toronto... Two out of three falls NXT tag team titles. DIY Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa versus The Revival, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson. Also underrated MVPs of this match, Tom Phillips and Corey Graves doing an excellent job on commentary. Yeah, this match,
0: honestly, I don't think there's anything that we can say about this match to give it its justice if you, you know, rewatch this match because I'm sure everyone has seen this match. This match was one of, if not the... Top matches in 2016, this match lives in everyone's minds, this match, it's just, this is a classic, such a classic, and I feel privileged that I was a part of the
1: crowd. Yes, 100%. I, I, like, literally when it ended, I wasn't thinking, like, like ratings. Sometimes I'll, like, watch a match and kind of be like, well, that was, like, four and a quarter because I'm such a nerd and my brain is broken. But when this match ended, I just stood and applauded, felt thankful to be a wrestling fan, looked around and just, like, felt the energy of that crowd and that moment DIY doing it. It was just, like, this is, like, what pro wrestling could be at its highest form. This is pro wrestling as art.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And it was just such a special moment, such a special night. And I remember turning to my buddy and saying, man, this is probably the best match of the weekend. And it really, really was. And yeah, as I said before, as privileged as I felt being part of this match, I felt just as privileged being part of
1: number one. You know what number one is. We haven't even talked about it, but you know what it is, obviously. Ethan Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. (laughs) Shout out, shout out, Mike McGuire. That's his his bit, but that's a great bit. No, match number one, Hollywood. Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. March 17th, 2002, from the Sky Dome. Not yet, Roger Center. WrestleMania X8, the real main event of this show. If we're talking about, like, crowd mattering and commentary mattering. The story on the way there was up and down. The first segment was amazing. And then all of a sudden Hulk Hogan hit the rock with a Hummer or, or a tractor trailer or something. I forget what it was, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was right. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, getting there was a little bumpy, but on the night, by God, it, it, wrestling doesn't get better than this. It was such an amazing match. The Rock rolled so well with the punches. Hollywood Holgren coming out as the baby face in Toronto where he's had so many huge moments where he sold out Exhibition Stadium for a house show. 68,000 to see this man perform at a house show. Obviously, Toronto was going to love him. The Rock, they knew it. They went with it. Hulk Hogan became world champion after this because this match was so impactful. He was so popular off the strength of this. Just just one of the all-time moments in WWE, one of the all-time moments in the city of Toronto, dare I say. And I wasn't there, unfortunately. I'm glad to hear you were. Tell me about it, brother. Man, this match. So I go into this match knowing in my head I love The Rock
0: because Toronto was one of the first cities that really started cheering for The Rock when he was a heel. So he was loved. But... I went into this match knowing it's Hulk Hogan, man. This is Hulk Hogan. This is someone. This This is a Hogan town. Yeah, it's a Hogan town. And I go in knowing I'm going to cheer for Hulk Hogan along with my brother. But I didn't think that 67,000 other people were going to cheer for him the exact same way. And, dude, it was just, it was insane. Like, that face-to-face to start the match, you know, the, the, the infamous face-to-face that Cody and other people love to reference and try to replicate but will never be able to duplicate, um, just, it's just so special. And we've talked about this before on the show. Go back and watch this match if you haven't seen this oh, in a yeah. while. But when they're doing that face-to-face and other uh, moves in this match, something that you don't see in wrestling anymore that made this match feel that much bigger was... The amount of flashes going off.
1: I have I have chills just in you saying that. I literally have goosebumps on my arm just picturing it. It's like an old baseball game. Yeah. It's like watching Reggie Jackson go up in 1977 or something, right? And the flashbulbs just going off, man. I, I'm such a nerd. I love wrestling so much. That is truly an amazing moment, that stare down. Also, quickly, before you jump back in, people talk about Jim Ross's best calls a lot. One of Jim Ross's best calls ever is when Hogan hits the leg drop and he yells, "He beat Andre the Giant with that move!" and The Rock kicks out at two point nine nine. Oh my God, this is just this is just top class, top dollar stuff.
0: No, this match was so good, and I just felt so bad. I believe it was the women that went on right after them. Trish, um, it was a yeah. It was just, it's just I felt anyone who went at, on after these guys, and I felt even worse for Jericho and Triple H at this point.
1: Yes, the all-time follow that in the history of professional wrestling, like the all-time. A poor, it was uh, Jazz, Trish Stratus, and Lita. Yeah. Triple threat was it? Yep. Yeah. Poor girls. Jesus H. Lord.
0: Yep. But you know the the title belts with the, because their title belts are gonna go on last. But this is icon versus icon, right? Like Babe Ruth versus Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth versus. <laughs> You know, Barry Bonds or something. Yeah, yeah. like he's, it's it's generation versus generation in one of the biggest wrestling towns in the entire world. Like this match, oh, just I want to go back and rewatch this.
1: Yeah, man, I was so I, I saved it for the end. I watched it last night, and it was so clear it had to be number one. Especially the way we talk about matches and stuff. But I believe uh, even Meltzer gave it four and a quarter or four at least. Like be everyone thought this match was great because it was. Yeah, it was great. So there you have it, man. Top 34
0: matches from Toronto.
1: So I'm sure I missed a couple. You mentioned a couple Young Bucks matches that could have made the list. Please shout out uh, Smash Wrestling, Super Kicked, whatever, Indie Destiny Wrestling, uh, D- Greek Town Wrestling. I'm sure I missed some awesome Indie matches. sure I missed some Maple Leaf Gardens 80s cards. I saw a Hulk Hogan Big Boss Man match that I didn't get to. I would have liked to have seen that. But yeah, please let me know. We'd love to hear some feedback. And uh, maybe we'll do it again in a couple of years. Top 43 for Pascal Siakam when they win their <laughs> second title.
0: Exactly. So that is the show, Matt. Thank you for for, for the list. Like, it, people don't realize how much work you put into oh, these.
1: Literally, like, I didn't realize until like it was like all week a project. We're gonna. I, I want to do more lists, but they, it's it's an undertaking. Thank you very much for saying that. It's a ton of fun though, man. It's so much fun. Yep. So that is
0: the end of the show. If you are listening to us from our BAM feed go to snme join the facebook group join the patreon and if you are a patron member in either november or december You will have your voice heard for the end of the year, best and worst of 2022. Uh, The first ballot is going to be going out early November. Got to clean up the ballots. Got to make sure that we have the right categories. Uh, That's basically what I'm going to be doing over the next week. And in early November, once the patron rolls over, I'm going to be sending out the first month ballot. Uh, So you have to be a patron in either November or December to get your vote in for the best and the worst of 2022 way that you join for only five bucks a month is patreon.com slash snme radio that's where you go if you are listening to us from the Patreon, we thank you so much and just remember that no um you know again renew 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 because you're going to get your voice heard for the end of the year awards and we thank you so much as always thank you even if you have listened to our show for one second i want to thank you um it means a lot to me matt it's been a long one. We got stuff to do. I think it's time for us to go. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey,